0: this is propulsion the podcast where we dive deep into the nitty-gritty of taking your business and your practice to the next level whether you are an entrepreneur a franchisee or a financial planning pro you are in the right place we're talking the latest tech best practices and expert insights all while keeping it real and entertaining so grab a coffee sit back and let's get ready to blast off i'm your host Francha the So something that i've definitely noticed over many many years now is how just how complex things have gotten i think it all started off way back you know when all we knew were like if, if you went independent the biggest reason why you went independent was not because you wanted freedom it was not because you wanted to build your own business it's because you wanted to offer more choice and because of that we got to the point where we have contracts with just about everybody uh, we have clients with products just about everywhere, uh, or at least there's a section of your clients that that has gone there. So, you know, that part of it has become very, very complex. Then regulations have evolved quite considerably. You think about the good old days when I started in 1998, when there were no things, basically. 1998, what, what happened then? I think it was the... What did they call it like? Was it PPL? I can't remember, but the policyholder Protection Rules, PPR, I think it was called. Um, so that came in and that was that to be included in your quotes and all sorts of, and that was like, oh, what's happening? Then 2004 came around and phase was introduced. And since then, I mean, I don't have to tell you what has happened since then, but it's it's, it's, it's brought a new level of complexity and requirements and, and things like that. And now with, with Kofi that's coming, obviously we're moving from, I can tick a box to say I did it to, can I show that I did it? Um, so it's outcomes based and principles based. It's a completely different new way that's staring us in the face, and having to be able to showcase what I've or prove that I've what I've done, and that we're actually helping the client achieve the outcomes that they were looking for, it's a new level of of complexity. So complexity is all around us. It is unfortunately part of the of the game. Uh, it also makes it fun, I believe, and, and make sure that we don't get bored. Um, but the one thing that I realised, and the more I think about this, and I've seen some people do it, right? So that's obviously the things that are prompting it, uh, sort of what are people doing, but also in my own business, although we don't give advice, I don't have an advice practice, but even in our world, things have gotten complex very, very quickly because we wanna over-engineer things and we wanna overthink these processes and all of them. So my old theme for the year, there's sort of two words that play, and the one is my wife's word, I think, and the other one is is more mine, but mine is the simplicity. So I wanna simplify everything. And, And where this came from is, All the conversations we had at the end of last year where people look at their technology and we look at their technology and they just have like a gazillion apps and things that they pay for and it's doing this here and doing that there and doing that over there and then you feel like this is unnecessary i'm sure that we can simplify things that we can come up with what is the smallest thick stack that you can do a good job with so that's sort of where what what prompted the 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 thinking initially and then obviously when you're like, whoa, well, but the whole business needs to, needs to simplify. Everything in your life actually needs to simplify. The other word is being intentional because if you're not going to be intentional, then you're not going to get results because the intentionality means that your actions are aligned with what it is that you're trying to achieve. It's aligned with your values. Everything is aligned. So when you're intentional, in, in my view anyway. So for me, that is really what it's about. And when we simplify, we greatly enhance the success of our businesses. And I'll share with you just a little bit uh, about why I, I say that. So just think about everybody that plays a role in your business, right? So if we simplify things for the client, it's easy to understand. For your team, easy to learn, easy to execute. For you, easy to focus on just the things that you need to focus on. So just think of just about those things, right? There's, there's plenty more that we can we can think of. But if we just think about those, we definitely can see that, well, this this is that. These, are, this have great, great, great benefits. So the first aspect of the business that I want to talk about is the thing that I started off with, which is the financial products that you offer as part of your value proposition or, or whatever it may be. Now, it might be that you work within a space where you only um, look at one product provider, but even though you have one product provider, that product provider has multiple products and. It's not only, oh, they have a risk product, an investment product, and, and whatever. They have multiple investment products and multiple risk products, right? Just think about medical aid, multiple options that you need to keep on top of. Now, multiply that by saying, well, now I have got five other contracts where that is also the case. I mean, it is literally overwhelming for you. It's overwhelming for the clients. It leads to decision fatigue right? It's just, how do you make a decision? And then you try and stay on top of all these things. And at this place, you've got a BC, but that you don't have a BC because you're not supporting them, but you have clients who need, like, I don't need to tell you about all of those. And also the more of these product offerings that you offer and the more contracts you have, the more people want to talk to you. In other words, taking up your time. So there's a lot to consider here when it comes to that. And we need to be very, very clear. So if we can, if we can streamline what we offer, Decide who's your main investment provider and maybe have a second one. Who's your main risk provider and maybe have a second and a third one. But you don't need six, right? So those are the kind of things where you need to start thinking. Now, depending on how big your business is, because the bigger the business, the more you're going to need, because now you need to serve the advisors within your business and they need to be able to choose which ones they want to focus on. But ultimately, when you're a smaller business, if you want to simplify, you've got to think about because now just think about investments, right? So now they're sitting all over the place. How do I report on those? How do I keep on top of it? I'm not even talking about staying up to date with the funds and all of those good things. But how do I stay on top of just the things where I put my clients? But if everything's on one platform, everything becomes simpler. The reporting, the information, uh, the service, you got, like everything gets enhanced the more you put into one place. so And that's what I'm saying. It's not investing everybody's money the same. Remember, this show is not about advice. The show is about thinking about your business and systems and processes and all the other things that are linked to that. So that's what we want to want to talk about. For you to stay on top, to become a real expert in some of those things, you know, it's going to be so much easier because you focus on on the things that you focus on. Now, obviously, what we do is not all about product. Uh, Product seems to be has definitely shifted to the end of the of the line, and it is one of the last things that we do. There's a lot of other things we do. Um, so I, and, I, and I think the fact that we that we've done that and that this is where things are moving to is exactly the reason why you should simplify, because your valid proposition is not only uh, anymore to find the best product and the best benefit. Um, you know, I, I recently saw a thing. I was at a coffee shop and there was a QR code to scan, talking about QR codes, and it takes me to a page where it says, you know. Um, uh, don't wait. I won't waste your time. I won't do this. I won't do that. All I'll do is a like for like quote, um, and that's it. And I'll pay for the coffee. I'm like, is that what financial advice is about? I know we all got to start somewhere, but really, like, if that is still the value proposition, then any of the things I'm telling you now is not going to work for you. So then, then um, you know, th- there's no value here. But if you're doing all these other things in your business, where you're really focusing on the client first, and it's all about their dreams, their hopes, their fears, and you focus on the person and the person is the client and not their money, then you can definitely look at simplifying your product offering. So just think about, do you have a strategy or a criteria or something that you go through of how do you select a product provider for the different needs of your clients? And then say, well, who's the top one? And maybe go have a look at your existing book and see, where have I put most clients? Because it will be that you'll have a favorite anyway, right? So most of the clients are already with one of them. So maybe that's the one that you should go with. Um, and, uh, and and those things. I'm so not going to get into due diligence and all of those those things that you need to do and figure out. You know, is this still the best thing to do for your clients and all of that? That goes without saying. But we what we want to do is we want to make it simpler for you to make recommendations. We want to make it simpler for the client to make a, a choice, and we just want to be more efficient and have stronger relationships with clients and providers, so that things can happen faster. Um, so that's a big part of simplifying. Um, your world if i may it's if we look at the product offerings right so second thing i want to talk about that we can look at is and this is sort of counterintuitive for many people is your client book versus your ideal client profile and this is not just about oh do i is this really my ideal client profile do i need to access other markets not about that what it's really about is that maybe you're sitting with a thousand clients and some of you will have the infrastructure and the systems and the processes to be able to really look well after those thousand clients. Other people will not have the ability to do that. So if you find it difficult to get to all the clients, then definitely one of the things you want to look at, say, well, you know, if I do a deep dive data analysis and someone like Liana can help you with that, but if there's a deep dive you want to do and see where things are happening at the moment, who is really bringing in the business in, uh, in or the revenue in your business? Who are the people with whom you really have a relationship? Not somebody you know and see once a year, sometimes maybe twice, uh, you know, once every two years. It's somebody that you have a close relationship with, that you really know well, that you spend a lot of time with. Those are the clients. And I'm betting that that's a small portion of your client base. Yet we want to hang on to the rest. The reason is that they're safety numbers. And we're always like, but what if they come into money? What if they inherit? What if they refer someone to me? What if, whatever, I don't know, win the lotto. So we hang on to them because maybe, maybe, maybe one day. But then typically, the latter part of your client base are the ones who's not bringing in revenue, but they're also the ones who keep you the busiest because they are probably not busy. You know, when you have a a, a client with whom you've got a good relationship with, it's it's worth it to look after them, and uh, they busy. There's a reason why they're doing well. You know, people that are not doing well are probably not busy. I'm not talking about busy for busy business sake. Those are the kind of things that we need to think about. And at the very least, do a data analysis on your book to understand your book. And then let that lead you to answers. You don't have to listen to me. The most important thing is go look at the data. Do the analysis. Get everything together. The things you'll need is obviously demographical data. You'll need revenue data. You'll need product data. You will need um, assets under management data, right? So I think those are probably the main ones, right? And if you have other qualitative information, you can overlay that on top of that as well. But I would say that that's the minimum data that you would need to do a proper um, analysis. So start thinking about that and then see whether from that you can create an ideal client profile to say, well, these are the people I tend to work with best. And then the big step to come, if you want to simplify, it's not just understanding, it's actually about starting to hand off some of those clients to other advisors in your business or to employ somebody who can take them over. So it's not that you have to get rid of them out of your business, unless you don't want to bring somebody in your business. Because the thing that we've seen is the most difficult for people is to bring someone into their business. And, this, and then the even more difficult thing is to hand clients off to them. Like just people just can't do that. So the intention is there. But when it comes to the action part, we, we really battle with that. But if you want to simplify your life, want to simplify your business, that is a big starting point uh, that you need to need to think about. The next one is regulation and compliance and all that good stuff. The one thing we know is that it doesn't stop. It changes. You know, there was a time where it changed fast. These days, it feels like it's slowed down a little bit, but the changes that are coming uh, are significant. So they're big. Uh, they have implications. So it's really, there's a lot of complexities with that and just staying up to date with that. You know, if you don't have a system that can help you navigate that world, you're going to find it very difficult. If you're just relying on a compliance officer to let you know every time something's due and every time something has to be done, you're always going to be under pressure. You're always going to be there because you can't see in advance. You only know when they let you know. So you need a proper system that can really help you navigate these things and think, a system that prompts you, uh, you know, well in advance and where you can manage and have everything in one place. So that's quite important, right? And, and there's two levels of, of, of compliance in my view. There's client um, compliance. So, meaning that if we say client compliance, we're talking about like oh, I did, like I, I implemented something for them, and is all that documentation in place? Is the is that advice process compliant? But then there's the business that also needs to be compliant, and there we're not just only talking FSCA, right? We're not talking phase and those kind of things only. There's some requirements there as well, but SARS, CIPC, um, you know, all of these um, kind of things where you need to stay compliant. For the business takes a lot more time and a lot more effort, um, and these are the things where we really start start thinking about. So how can we how can we sort of simplify this, and why is it important to simplify your compliance? And again, there's an article that will be published very shortly uh, in one of the publications where I spoke about ten things uh, that you should know before you become a financial advisor. And one of the things is that you know compliance for me, I have a bit of a different view on that. The way that I view compliance is that if you look at what they are requiring from you and you use those as best practice guidelines, because that's the whole intention beyond regulation is they want to protect the consumer and they want to build, they want you to build a sustainable business. So if you see those things suddenly as an asset in your business and you implement things along those lines for your level of business and you use technology to help you manage that, then suddenly you're building a, a great business. And then second to that is if you take the compliance and position it as a benefit to the client, instead of a, I'm so sorry for all this paperwork and I'm so sorry for the 10 million uh, attachments to your email and the 20 million signatures that I require, but rather say what they get because they work with someone like you, that makes the world of difference. So by thinking about these things, we can really start simplifying. I think the, the most important thing you can do is to implement some form of an automated tracking system, either a system that prompts you and that reminds you, um, keeps you up to date, a system that is updated automatically with the changes that are coming out so that you are notified timely, and you have a track record of everything that you've complied with. So it means that you'll have fewer issues, fewer complaints, you build a better business um, and, and that is absolutely uh, crucial. Then technology, how can I not talk about technology and software? I mean, this is where the whole idea started with Simplify is my theme for the year. One of the things that we see is definitely happening is that, so you have something like Microsoft, for example. Most people in this profession is using Microsoft or are using Microsoft. But you have all this functionality, but we never took the time to learn it. So what are we doing? Oh, I want to do this, this thing. But you don't even think that Microsoft can do that. So what do we do? We go and look for a new app. We go and look for a new system. We go and look for all these new things when, in fact, Microsoft was probably able to facilitate that. And here's the other thing, how we think about this. And this is sort of where I'm changing my view a little bit, right? So you would have heard me say a lot in the past that you need to find technology that fits your business and you shouldn't be changing your business to fit the technology. Now, I fully still stand by you don't change your business, but the things that you can change are your processes. So if there are processes that you want to change or workflows that needs to change, because maybe these are all your 10 requirements that you want to see when you are managing a task for a client you look at what Microsoft Planner can do and it can do six of those things. Yeah, no, I can't use that. Now I go and look for another task management system and my CRM can only do eight of the 10 things. So now I'm also looking for something else. Instead of really interrogating whether the thing that you want <laughs> is really necessary, is it cool for you to know that? Or is there is it really like, critically important and valuable for you to know that? Because this is the thing that I've seen on all these forums when people are complaining about things is that Oh, but it can't do this and it can't do that. And I think like, but why do you want to do that? Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand the value, but obviously I, mean I need to have a conversation with him to understand. But ultimately for me, it's like, this is what you want to do. What needs to be done? Has anybody started working on it? What's happening while we're working on it? And is it done? It's simple, <laughs> right? And Microsoft facilitates that. It's all part within the license you're already paying for. So part of simplifying your tech stacks and things is to use what you already got to its maximum capacity and maximum ability. That's step one. And then to say, well, which of these things don't I really need? And to get rid of those because you're paying unnecessary money for things that you're not using. It doesn't help us paying for tech stacks. My whole business is just running on tech. So I pay a lot of money and I always keep on looking at, do I really need this? Am I still using this? Because even a 500 rand year and a 1,000 rand there and a 20 rand year Makes a difference over the course of a year. So you, you know, we we have all these wonderful tools, but we use 10% of their capability, maybe. That's the thing that you need to, to sort of think about. Right. The other thing that you need to think about when it comes to technology is just to also ask yourself the question: what could I be doing with this piece of technology that I already have? So it's not just about canceling, it is about what can this do for me? And you need to turn it around because remember, I always say that technology is not a cost, it's an investment. <laughs> if it is the right technology. But you need to think about it from a business point of view. At the moment, we're thinking it from a work point of view. So we want to use tools that can do something for me. But the question that we don't ask is, how can this tool make me money? What can I do with this tool that I can sell to my client? So that's a very different question to to ask and a very different angle to take on your technology. So there are definitely tools who can do analysis and all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And you can charge clients to do that for them. But we've positioned ourselves as doing these things for free. So now suddenly you feel like this is a cost and I'm paying for something that I'm not getting value. But you could if you just change that one thing. So I think that's another thing to, to sort of look at. A big part of technology and software for me is automation. <laughs> I'm not going to get into detail. That's a whole episode on its own. But we used automation a lot in my business. Uh, in fact, I would be dead in the water if I didn't. So there's so many more things. And now with Copilot, um, you know, I've, we we bought I bought Copilot for my uh, for my business. It's fantastic, Marcus, or Copilot, what you can do. And when we do that session on the atlc exactly how these things can really make your and your staff's lives easier. But you've still got to go and look at it. and Say, is the seven thousand and I'm going to pay a year per user worth it? Am I getting more than that back? And I'm telling you, just in the one thing I did, I'm getting more than that back already. So it's really, really uh, crazy what these tools can do. But you've got to stay ahead of the curve. But think about, do so you want less in your tech stack? But also, how, do you, how can I use this to make more money? Right? What can I sell that this tool is creating for me or generating for me? Or how can it simplify and automate my process? Those are the kind of questions that you should be asking uh, around those, those things. Then the fifth thing that is really complex and I think you'll agree with me is client communication, right? To communicate with clients, there's so many things. There's marketing, there is check-ins, there is uh, what else? There is operational things, there is instructional kind of communications. You know, all those, those things are happening and it's really, really difficult that if you're doing it and somebody in your team is doing it or you have a team of advisors who have to communicate, and it's under your brand. How do you keep it consistent? Like you just simply, it's it's almost like a, a non-starter for for most people. You know, what are we providing to clients when we onboard them? You know, how do we how do we set the scene? How do we make sure all of these things? And then communication isn't only emails and WhatsApps and those things. What's happening in your meetings? How are we communicating in the meetings with clients? What are we saying? What are are we giving them time to think? Are we sort of um, looking at you know what's in imp- we focus. Are we focusing more on the agenda and what we want out of it? Or are we really interested in the person sitting across from us at the table? So there's a whole lot of things there that, that, is, that is necessary. And if we can simplify the way that we communicate, we simplify our meetings, we simplify the things that we send. So just think about your onboarding email, six to 10 attachments. Do you think that's not overwhelming? It's crazy, right? And the reason why we do this is, one, we don't want to send multiple emails to the client because that's also annoying. And secondly, we want all the information back as quickly as possible so we can do our job. But we don't put ourselves in the shoe of the client always and think about it. Well, what is it like receiving six or 10 attachments, even if I can sign them on quickly sign? Like, what is that experience like? All of that, for me, falls into client communication. And if you want to build trust, right, you've got to be able to communicate well in all areas of the business. So we've got to think about what do we do? How can we templatize most of these communications? specifically the things that we send to clients and not have a conversation like this but if we send things to clients how do we structure those like can we have standard things that we send to clients that we then personalize before we send them but at least the tone the look and feel everything is sort of consistent so it doesn't matter whether sue or paul is sending it it's sort of the same the same thing also Tech can help a lot in communication, but we've got to be, be careful. You've got to use the right tool for the right job. That's absolutely non-negotiable. I think at the end of the day, uh, and I had a very interesting conversation yesterday where somebody was saying that somebody presented something that's their own, couldn't got somebody else to come and explain, okay, we're going to go ahead and do it. Um, you know, So you might have the most fantastic product, the most fantastic value proposition, the most fantastic service, client experience, everything, but unless we can communicate it well, we're going to feel like things are staying complex and that we can't we can't move move forward so look at your financial product offerings you know don't you have too many can you simplify can you get most of the people onto one platform uh, or at least all your new clients that you take on decide that you're going to do one platform primarily and unless there's another reason go to your 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 secondary one Obviously, risk is a little bit more, more different, a little bit more difficult, uh, not more different, Well, although free state, that's also fine. And um, so think about those things. Those are important. Think about your how you're going to do a data analysis. on. You have to do that once this year. And I'll, I'll really implore you to do it this first quarter. Do a deep dive analysis of your client base. And I'm talking everything. I'm going to repeat this stuff. So it is the client demographical information. Basically, the stuff comes from your CRM. Your assets under management, which you'll get from the asset providers, or if you see the analytics, you can get it from them. Uh, revenue management, right? So if you have a breakdown of all of the revenue streams, fees included, if you're with Comspace, that's not a problem. If you're somewhere else, you might find it more difficult. So, but go have a look at those, right? And then um, think about any other, th- anything else that's important for you in your business and overlay all of those and then have a look at uh, what it is. And, uh, you know, if you want to build a good, solid business with a solid revenue stream, you need to think client and not product. So see what share of wallet have you got with the client? What are they paying you for? Don't think about product. Oh, I need to sell medical aid or I need to sell risk or I need to do this to build my income stream. Look at the client and what are their needs and how can you build a revenue stream around them which may consist of all of these these things. And then very importantly, how do you leverage technology to its fullest ability the things you have, why are you not using it? How can you use it? Can it generate additional revenue for you? How will you build something, a product or something around that offering? And then how do you, which things will you eliminate and where can you automate and all of those good things? Fantastic. That's the end of episode one of season five, Flew By. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Uh, next week, we have our first guest. Please keep an eye on uh, LinkedIn and uh, we will announce that on Monday who that is and uh, we look forward to having you back next week Uh, new episodes new uh, obviously a new guest and new segments and all of that good stuff but the same amazing experience so thank you very much for being with us Uh, we'll be back next week same time same place have a great weekend stay safe be blessed and prosper and continue to raise the bar love you lots bye bye All right, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Propulsion. I hope you got as much out of this as I did. Remember to tune in every Friday at 8 a.m. South African time for our live show called Propulsion Live. You can find it at www.propulsion.co.za forward slash live. And trust me, You don't want to miss it. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, hit that subscribe button or the follow button and share it with your friends, colleagues and anyone else you think would get something out of it. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next one.